Good afternoon, folks. This is Kimberly Jessica reporting in live today from Hollywood, California, and I am sitting here with an amazing young woman that's just courageous, and she's done some amazing things in life, and she's an award-winning uh, author and a seasoned journalist herself. She's covered uh, a lot of big-name Hollywood people um, for over a decade, Um Basically, she's written a book, and, and I'm just really happy to be here on the line today with none other than Liz Crokin. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name right. It's Liz, it's, it, is, it my, is it Crokin or Crokin? It's Crokin. You got it. You got Crokin. it. Crokin. Yay! How are you today, Liz? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Liz, I mean, you have done some amazing things. You have this amazing book out. So, you know, let's 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 have a chat. You have a great book out called Malice and um you're you're a, you're a journalist. You've been in a lot of major press from US to to Chicago Tribune to Pop Dust to the Daily News to In Touch to Star. You've been all over the place. So, tell us about your journey, Liz, cuz you have an amazing story. So, yes, I, you know, I went to college at the University of Iowa, and I studied journalism and political science, and I started my uh, career out of college in in Washington, D.C., and I worked and reported in the White House and stayed in D.C. for a couple years. Then I ended up moving to Chicago, where I did initially, I covered crime in Chicago, And then I transitioned to entertainment reporting. I got my own celebrity gossip column in the red-eye edition of the Chicago Tribune. And I did that for seven years. And I started breaking a lot of celebrity stories. And so that got me attention from magazines such as Us Weekly, In Touch Weekly, Life and Style, Star Magazine. So over the years, I've worked for many of those publications as a journalist um, or an editor, and I've traveled the world covering celebrities in some of the crazy places, um, such as, you know, everything from a small, little, tiny, you know, country town like Kentwood, Louisiana, where Britney Spears is from, to Europe, to, you know, chasing down Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, in mm. the Galapagos Islands, in Ecuador. Um, mm. I've just done it all. I've seen it all. And it's been a, a really fun job to have. And I eventually... Living my dream. Living my dreams. dream. And I eventually moved to L.A. and to, to work full-time for the celebrity magazines. And um, in 2012, my whole life dramatically changed. Um, I started dating a man who I believed to be a wonderful person. He was very charming and fun and funny and charismatic. And, um, you know, he was kind of a high-flying millionaire type of guy, very adventurous. And he was great on paper. And I fell head over heels in love with him. And um, about six months into my relationship with him, I started getting really ill, and I started developing a lot of symptoms um, that I initially thought were for uh, a urinary tract infection or a yeast infection. And it turns out that I had neither of those. And I ended up eventually getting diagnosed with an STD, which was genital herpes. And that, the the, um, herpes infection 
progressed into, because my treatment was delayed and obstructed because I didn't know I had an STD, and um, my then-boyfriend lied to me about having STDs, so that delayed and obstructed my treatment. So since my treatment was delayed for this STD, which is sadly very common, um, it progressed to meningitis, and then it progressed to meningoencephalitis, and that is a potentially fatal disease, and it swelled my brain so badly that uh, my brain got pretty badly damaged from the disease. And initially, when I was sick, I was unable to do much. I could barely read and write the same way I couldn't even sit up in a chair because my brain was so swollen um, that the pressure from sitting vertically was causing such tremendous pain that I couldn't do it. So I literally went from, you know, making six figures, living the dream life in Hollywood, walking red carpets and, you know, traveling to beautiful, wonderful places for my job, being happy, healthy, to um, severely ill, disabled, brain damaged. Um, I went from making six figures to going six figures into medical debt. I had to go home and live, live with my parents for a while because I couldn't take care of myself. And I lost my job. I had to go on disability, welfare, and it almost completely, the incident almost completely destroyed my life. (laughs) So needless to say, that was a very, very rough time period in my life. But um, I I slowly, during my recovery, as I started to get better and better, I started working on my novel. And I took action to pursue civil and criminal charges against my fiancé for what he did to me because what he did to me is a crime in almost every state, Mm -hmm. including the state of California, and it's considered a sexual assault. So that was... But what a lot of people don't realize, Liz, is that there is a statute of limitations on the torts. Um, You know, if they don't realize and so how you it makes you wonder how does it work for somebody that does not realize it till years later how can they even go back and handle that you know what i mean because a lot of people don't realize that there's a statute of limitations on tort and and there shouldn't be there shouldn't be there shouldn't be there There should not be that is a sexual crime that is sexual assault that is a sexual crime and whether you're um a child who's sexually molested by an adult, mm-hmm. or you're a rape victim who doesn't know you're a rape victim because you've been drugged and have no memory of the incident, and maybe you find out 10 years later that this, that a rape happened. I mean, there's so many reasons that there should be no statute of limitations for people who are victims of rape and sexual assault. There is a movement to try to change that. And you have to keep in mind that a lot of people who are victims of various forms of sexual assault, especially children, mm-hmm. they block it out. So some people don't even realize or remember that they've been molested, raped, you know, or something sexually. Shame is so great, you know, that they try to just bury it. They live a life of exactly. shame. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I firmly believe there should be absolutely no statute of limitations for any kind of rape or sexual assault. And there are people that are trying to change that, and hopefully, you know, in our lifetimes, we will see that 
those laws will be changed because they need to be, and they're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they cause, they cause devastating damage that's irreparable. Um, right now, there is no cure for um, HSV-2. So, you know, for some people that end up with something like that, they look at it, you know, they, they internalize the shame. And a lot of women, you just have no idea the amount of women's sex lives that have been just cut off. They, they just never had sex again. They never I, – I know people that's like, you know, 30 years, 40 years go by, and they just never – went back they just went oh you're religion or they you know yeah they're they're scared they're ashamed they're embarrassed i've had so many women from even and some men too um who have contacted me from literally all over the world who've gotten you know sometimes std usually herpes who some women told me they had barely left the house you know in five years because they're so Mm -hmm. upset and they're so ashamed and they're so depressed you know it's 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 really a horrible thing to have happen to you. Um, and it, and, it, and it, not only does it cause physical, you know, damage to your body, it causes sometimes even worse psychological damage to your body. Oh, spiritual too. Yeah. Spiritual too. It rakes your soul. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of people who have been a victim of, you know, an sexual assault, including myself, have really bad PTSD. And PTSD mm-hmm. is a real thing, and it can be so debilitating. It's horrible. And I was in the military. It, Trust me, I know about PTSD. Okay, so you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a real thing, and it's um, it's horrible. It's horrible for anyone. At least, at least, shock, trauma, PTSD. It brings mental illness. If you've never had a mental illness before, you definitely got one now. I mean, it brings a plethora of a lot of things, and I'm really glad that. You know, you're coming forward, and just in general, I mean, I worked with teenagers for years, and, you know, when I would sit there and I would counsel the girls, and they would come back and say they have HSV-2 or the HPV or chlamydia or gonorrhea or trichomonas. I mean, you would think that the world was ending the way that these mm-hmm. girls were feeling, and then the boys would come back or the guys would come back and say, well, they said I don't have it. So that's like more injury. So that's why I feel exactly. that this should be made a sex crime because there should be some base of responsibility, and that responsibility yeah. is not happening. It's just not happening. Yeah. It is a sex crime, but the problem is is that the, it's only considered a misdemeanor in most states, and the only STD that you can knowingly expose and infect someone with without telling them exactly is HIV. That's considered a felony. So for people like me who didn't get HIV but got a disease that was arguably more debilitating than um, HIV because HIV has had there's so many advanced. I know people that have HIV and they don't have any of the physical side effects that I have to deal with on a daily basis because the medicine is so advanced and it can re- you really can lead a normal life if you have HIV. Um, but there's no protection for people like me who get other kinds of life-threatening STDs from sexual predators. Um, mm-hmm. It's considered a misdemeanor, and it's really hard to get a detective that's really willing to investigate the case, and it's really hard to get a DA that's going to spend the time to prosecute. I, I've, I've been dealing with this for four years now, and I've reported my situation to multiple police stations and contacted multiple DA offices, and I even know other women that my ex has infected with not just herpes, mind you, 
I've heard chlamydia, encephalitis, um, herpes Lord one, Jesus. herpes two, obviously meningitis. I've heard, uh, you know, he's a serial sexual He was just predator. a walking death trap. Sounds like this guy's a death yes. trap, literally. Yes. But, it, it, you know, it, it, so far nothing has happened on the criminal side. I think that once I get more exposure for my story, more people come forward, there will be so much pressure, public pressure and, and political pressure for um, – the I mean, that could have been a class action lawsuit if you had more than one person come together, at least three people, four people. That can turn into something yeah. class actionist, couldn't it? Couldn't it? It could have. Uh, I, after I went forward, I'm in, the, I'm in the process of suing him, and my case has been going on for four years, so it, it just wouldn't make sense for me to join forces with anyone else. And I don't know anyone else that he gave herpes, meningitis, and cephalitis to, which is right. completely different than like chlamydia or it, it affects people differently it, it affects it affects it destroys your immune it, system it really it, it, exactly it differently. but I, I i do know that i just actually found out not too long ago that there was another woman that he infected with herpes who came out after i came out i think that she came out because i came out and i don't even think that she necessarily knew that he gave her herpes until i came out because i'm sure he lied to her just like he lied to me and all my doctors and, like, he also lied, lied, lied to his ex-wife, who he also gave herpes to, because I had a conversation with her. Um, but apparently he settled with her out of court. Um, so there has been more, at least one other person that he's settled with for giving an STD to. So, um, but, yeah, it's a nightmare. And, you know, there needs to be harsher punishment for sexual predators who are spreading diseases and committing sexual assaults against women. Yeah, that's definitely so, sexual assault. And knowingly, you know what I mean? And even if you didn't oh, know when you find out afterwards that you did it and you come back in a disrespectful way, that's that's still sexual assault. So, and you know, it, it yeah. Wow. And, and my, my ex took it a step further. When I was in the Cedars-Sinai Hospital in the emergency room, and my doctor suspected that my meningitis was caused by an STD, but initially all my STD tests were negative, and they said, look, even though you're negative now, you could be positive in a week. If you've just been infected, the antibodies are still forming, and we won't know for sure for seven more days. So they're like, we need to know who you slept with. And I'm like, well, I've only slept with one person, that's my boyfriend. And he says he doesn't have anything, and he's clean. And they're like, well, no offense, we don't buy it. We've seen it all here. We need to talk to him. So several of my doctors talked to my then-boyfriend and asked him uh, if he could have exposed me to an STD, and he said, no, 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 no. So they ended up letting me out of the emergency room early, and they said that, you know, if we, if you had herpes meningitis or syphilis meningitis that causes the most brain damage, and if you've been exposed to herpes or syphilis, we'd keep you in here longer. But since they didn't think I had been exposed, they let me out early. So my ex took it a step further. Not only did he infect me, but he further obstructed my treatment by lying to my doctor, which in effect promoted or, you know, brought them to um, delay, release me from the hospital early. And since I wasn't getting the care I needed, my brain damage got worse and worse and worse and worse. And here I am four years later, and every day I'm still struggling with neurological problems from the damage, the disease that he gave me did to my brain. So he didn't just knowingly expose and affect me. He took it a step further by obstructing, actively obstructing and delaying my treatment. My God. So he's, wow. he's a real special, 
He's a special. He's a special case. He's definitely a special, special person. This is really, really gnarly what he did. It, 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 there's, no, there's no. There's not even any words. Has he been picked up? Is it, and this is the type of criminal you just need to have locked away. Has he been picked up? Where are you with the case now? Uh, it's been going on for four years. The civil case has been going on for four years. My trial has got in. My trial is going to be in LA Superior Court, but it's been to continue twice, which is frustrating. Um, it was the, the last the date that I had where, where my trial was supposed to begin was this past April, and it got delayed again. We did depose um, my ex recently, which was just a joke. He just sat there and lied through his teeth. Um, but we deposed him once. I think we're going to depose him again. And then my new trial date is December this year, and from what I'm hearing, it won't be continued again. So hopefully by the end of this year, my trial will be over, and I'll be able to rinse my hands of this person, this this trial, and all the all of the madness that from that for once and for all. So, how is your health doing now? It seems like a, you you're doing a lot better. How is your health doing now? I'm doing a lot better, but like I said, my the the damage of the disease to my did to my brain has given me a lot of ongoing. Um, neurological problems that literally affect me every day. So it's hard for me to function like a normal human being. So, for example, I have photophobia, which is an extreme sensitivity to light. Um, I don't. There's nothing wrong with my eyes, but my vision is sensitive and it's off and it's blurred because your eyes are connected to your brain and my brain's damaged. So um, it's hard for me to stare at a computer. I'm a writer, but it's hard for me to stare at a computer for a long period of time. Um, it's hard for me to be around bright lights. It's hard for me to go to concerts. It's hard for me, for me to be in bright sunshine. It's hard for me to, you know, watch a sunset. It's hard um, for me mm. to do a lot of things that normal people take for granted. Um, I'm also extremely sensitive to sound because of the brain injury. So when I go to a restaurant, I have to sit at a table that's not in a lot of area. I have to sit in a corner, and, you know, I often end up having to switch tables, or sometimes I've even just had to leave restaurants because that are too noisy because it's it's literally just painful to my head. It, it's not even just irritating. It's painful to be in loud environments. So, you know, a little things like that affect me on a daily basis, and it makes it a lot more difficult to do normal things that most people take for granted. Um, so, you know, it's hard. I, I, I've, I struggle with headaches and head pain every day. Um, but over time, it, it, it does get better. Um, my vision in my left eye has gotten a lot better. It's still pretty bad in my right eye, but my left eye has gotten a lot better. So it is getting better, but it is, when you have a brain injury, the recovery process is so slow. The brain can rewire itself and it can heal, but it takes so much longer to heal than any of your other organs in your body, whether it's, you know, a broken bone or when you're recovering from a surgery. I've had multiple surgeries. I've had broken bones. Brain injuries don't even compare to any of the other medical problems I've had in my life. It is a beast dealing with a brain injury. Um, but, you know, like I said, I 
try my best to stay positive, and I've learned what I can and can't handle, what my body can and can't handle. You know, I require a lot of sleep, and, you know, there's some situations that I just avoid altogether because I know that it's going to um, put me in pain and hurt my head. Um, so, you know, and that's, that's just life, though. You just kind of got to make the most out of a really bad situation and try your best to carry on and stay as positive and, you know, and hopefully one day I won't have any of these head issues, but it's unclear whether or not that they will ever happen. So, you know, we'll see. We'll take it one day at a time, but things have gotten a lot better, and I'm grateful for that. What you've gone through, it sounds like it could be a lifetime movie, and I'm saying that from a respectful place. I mean, yeah. I think that they need to do something more with this book. <laughs> Serious here. Oh, my gosh, completely. I mean, I've heard that so many times and I actually I have two movie production companies that are interested in buying the screen rights so that's definitely in the works um my goal with this book is to turn it into a movie and the book is actually a a part of a trilogy so I'm writing the sequel now and Mm. after the second book there'll be one more book um but my my I initially was actually writing the book as a screenplay and um I was then advised to put it on as a book first and then work on the screenplay and, you know, go down that route. So, but yeah, it would be, let me tell you, a fantastic movie. It would blow any Lifetime movie you've ever seen, like, out of the water. <laughs> it needs to happen, though. It really needs to happen. I feel it needs gonna, to happen because a lot of women are suffering. And, you know, with the way that things are happening today, when you look at the news, I almost feel like every time I watch the news, um, so a woman has gotten raped or... Um, even with the college guy that got three, oh, six months, okay. and then it was reduced to three months. He's always got to do is, you know, do serve three months, you know, because, you know, he's a college guy, and his father doesn't want his son's life ruined, and his mother feels that he won't make it in prison. I'm like, okay, but, you know, this girl said she couldn't feel herself when she touched herself after he did what he did. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, you know, it's even ridiculous. the guy that, you know, you know, that killed his girlfriend that was a paraplegic and, you know, he took the legs off in court and walked in court so that, you know, to gain sympathy that, you know, he shouldn't, you know, he can't, he, he shouldn't be going to jail for a long time because, you know, he'd suffer. Well, the girl isn't breathing anymore. And this is not a, you know, a, a woman hates man type of thing. This is serious issues that women deal with that needs to be addressed. Attention needs to be brought to it. Not only that, but... There needs to be laws put in place to um, offer some sort of reparations and accountability. That's how I think. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. I mean, we as a a society need to Mm -hmm. um, take these issues more seriously. It's not. I thought that that we'd gotten a long way, but from what I'm seeing, like I said, with the six-month sentence, with what you're going through, some of this stuff is um, open and shut. There's nothing to discuss. Yeah. There's nothing to debate for four years. It's done, it's done, it's done. Here's a, you know, here's a check isn't going to fix it, but it's some sort of reparation. And maybe you should spend, you know, maybe six months in jail and get some counseling and being, you know, may not have sex for a while until you take some responsibility. There's, exactly. there's definitely a character issue, a psychological issue that this person is dealing with, a character issue that this person is dealing with. Maybe a spiritual issue too, because normal human beings don't go around destroying other human beings. That's just not normal. No. And there needs to be more accountability. (laughs) Exactly, and there needs to be more accountability with law enforcement that does that don't take um, rape victims seriously. There needs to be accountability with this 
joke of a judge who gave this disgusting sentence, which there is such outrage. There's a petition to get him Six months. Um, removed from the bench. He probably should. I, I signed it. Here, I let everyone know. I signed the petition. Thank you. I signed it too. But and I just read that um, there was another sexual assault case that he was supposed to preside over, and he's been removed from that case. So at least there are there there has been enough people that are standing up for this poor woman and speaking out against how horrendous it is that this judge um, gave this sexual predator who's been charged with rape such as a light sentence. There needs to be more outrage. People need to keep pressure on these corrupt politicians. These corrupt I mean, they made more they made more outrage about the gorilla being shot, not just saying that that's less. Do you see what I'm saying? They made more outrage about the lion Cecil being shot and you know, versus women that, you know, give birth and, you know, are very important, another important species in the human race. You know, so it's just really interesting to see social media has really brought what America is really thinking, what the world is really thinking to the forefront, versus when social media wasn't there, you just would think that people are, quote, good people and they don't agree with it. But you'd be surprised at the amount of people that support um, domestic violence, that support rape, that sympathize with domestic violence, that sympathizes with rape, and sympathizes with people that are sexually harmed, and say, you deserve it, you were a whore, you brought it on yourself. You you should have been over there, you should have been drinking, you shouldn't have had that short skirt on, you should have known better, you should have known that you had something. It, the list goes on and on and on. I've been just up, shot with what I've seen on social media. I'm like, I, I, I agree. I agree. Unbelievable. I, when, I first, when I first came out with my, uh, when I first went public with my lawsuit, I, some of the, and, and they were very few and far between, but, you know, there were some journals that had covered my story, and there was a press release out, and so everything was public, and some of the comments that I would read about people commenting on my story were just so disgusting, you it know. really bad. Do you think they knew you had been with you, and, 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 you know, that, that you deserved it, that you brought it on yourself, and that's what horrors it. It's unbelievable. You're not the only person I've seen this. I've seen this happen to other people. And, you know, she was a whore. She brought it on herself. How did she know he gave it to her? I mean, they sympathized and found excuses yeah. for and loved the perpetrator. It was unbelievable. Exactly. Exactly, and, and it makes you wonder who these people are and, like, what what have they done in their personal lives that would, would make them want to protect a sexual predator and a rapist. Mm-hmm. So it's so disturbing, um, but I think that there are more and more women and, and victims speaking out against these kinds of things, and more and more people are getting outraged. Hopefully this judge will get removed. And, you know, I'm, I'm working actually on – I'm involved in multiple – TV productions and two documentaries that bring attention to sexual harassment, sexual assault. There's one documentary that I'm in, I'm featured in, it's called You Slut, and it talks about rape, sexual um, assault, and slut shaming. And they cover sexual assault and rape victims in the United States. And this summer they've been traveling, the producers have been traveling to Europe um, talking about the kinds of sexual assaults that are committed. Um, on women in Middle Eastern countries, in India. Um, and so it, it, it's, there's a broad spectrum of, it covers a broad spectrum of the different kinds of sexual assaults and, that, that are, go on all over the world and the different levels of societies that are, have tolerances for these kinds of horrendous crimes. And some of these countries allow rape. 
it's, mm, it's illegal allowing. in some Middle Eastern countries. Yeah. I mean, countries. if a girl turns down a, a, an arranged marriage in India, certain parts of India and in Middle East, she could get burned alive. Like a girl was literally burned alive by her own mother. I mean, seriously. Exactly. She was burned alive exactly. by her family, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah. It's outrageous. We're actually, the producers are going to India and they're covering a girl who was, who was, who was burned for, I can't remember the specifics of the story, but for marrying outside of her marriage or, or, some, or marrying someone that she didn't want to marry or something crazy like that. But it's just yeah. incredible what goes on. And so many people have no idea the how women are treated in other countries. And, I mean, in some Middle Eastern countries, if you're raped, it's your fault, and you can be punished by flogging. Oh, she, I got, a girl just got charged with having sex outside of her marriage that was raped. I saw that on, on on the news the other day. Some of the stuff I can't even bear to share because I don't want to bring the energy into my life. But it's like, wait a minute. She got raped. She was married. She got raped. And she got charged by the judge. You're, you're, sex you're, by you're, I think you're talking about the Dutch woman who was in, on vacation in Qatar. Yeah. Is that the one you're talking about? I was in Qatar. Yeah, I, I, yep. Yeah, I was just talking about that on social media the other day. She was there, she was there on vacation in Qatar. And she's a Dutch woman. And she was given, she was roofied in a bar or a nightclub, and she woke up in a strange place. She had been raped. And because it's illegal to have sex outside of marriage in that country, they they charged her and threw her in prison, even though she was charged and completely unconscious and raped. <laughs> it's like pure insanity. And people mm-hmm. don't even know that these things, kinds of things go on in the world. Still. So, mm-hmm. so you know, I'm trying to do my best to bring awareness to these kinds of crimes and, you know, get involved with charity groups. And I also want other women to know that just because you have been the victim of a, a sexual assault or someone infected you with an STD, I try to tell them, don't let that define you. Don't let that destroy your life. And don't let that prevent you from finding happiness in your life, you know. And um, because that, then, then the perpetrators win. Then the rapists, the sexual predators win. So I try to encourage women, empower women to be survivors, not to be victims, to be survivors, and to still find a way to lead a full life and a happy life. And, hey, I have an STD, I have a brain injury, I have all these horrible things going on in my life, but I'm still pursuing my dreams. I wrote my book. You know, I'm engaged to a wonderful man um, who... Yeah, tell us about your engagement. You found love. I mean, you're still getting happily ever after. Yes, I found... I met a man who... um, I I met him a week before my lawsuit went public, and I was in a horrible place when I met him. I was in a severe, deep depression. My PTSD was horrible. Uh, I really got anxiety. I mean, I, I was a mess, to say the least. Um, I met him at a girlfriend's bachelorette party I, I, I threw for her in Mexico. Um, I was not well when I met him. And the next six months, I was in and out of the hospital dealing with ongoing medical problems from, um, you know, my, from the disease and everything that happened to me. But six months um Later, I finally agreed to see him again, and we started dating, and he knew my whole story up front, and he knew what happened to me, and, 
you know, there was no way of getting around it because it had been made very public. And, you know, he didn't have a problem with the fact that I have an STD. And he didn't have a problem with the mm. fact that I've been a victim of a sexual assault. He was able to look at that and to see me for who I really am. And I tell other women, you know, if someone truly loves you, they're not going to have a problem matter. with the fact that you have herpes, okay? And if they do have a problem with that, then that person's not the right person for you. No, what if you get right cancer? You. you know, what if you, like, mm-hmm. in a freak accident, lose a leg? Are they are they going to abandon you then because they don't want to be with someone that, you know, needs to get chemo? You know, you want someone that's strong enough that's going to be with you through the good times and the bad times. So in a sense, having this illness or this STD is from the way I look at it, it's a good way to weed out people that I wouldn't want to be with anyways, you know? And that's what I tell women. It's a good way to filter out men that you wouldn't want to end up being with because if they're not strong enough to deal with the fact that you have herpes, which can be managed, then you know what? When other things hit the fan in your relationship in life, they're going to be weak and you don't need that. They're going to bail on you. Yeah. Exactly. And that also shows their character of they really love you. Like, they would be like, look, okay, you know what? You get something irritating that may come out on you a couple of times a year. Great. Here's a pill. Let's go get married. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're absolutely right in terms of, you know, just meeting the right person that's going to love you regardless. That's what it comes down to when I'm at. So you guys are engaged to be married. Have you set a date yet? Uh, we are engaged to be married, but I don't want to get married until my trial is over with because I hear you. I want that in the past and, um, the trial, they keep changing and I just want all that behind me. So I'm not in any rush and, um, yeah, so yes, no date set, uh, kind of on hold until, you know, the trial and other things in my life play out, which which is fine, you know. Um, I, I don't feel any need to get married right, right away, you know, especially when I'm still dealing with a lot of these uh, ongoing issues from what happened to me. So when I get married, I, I want to start it on a clean slate. <laughs> Make sure all, yeah. the, the past all that stuff is behind you. Exactly. Yeah. So. But see, so you did end up with your happily ever after, your books that turn into movies, you're writing your trilogy, you know, so things are happening for you, and that's, those are the, that's the story that girls need to hear across the world. You know, girls need to hear these stories. Women need to see this story and say, hey, just because this happened to you does not mean that you are not entitled to love. Does not mean that love can't happen for you. Does not mean exactly. that you can't live your happily ever after. Does not, none of that means that. It means that yes, you can. And now you can help other women overcome, you know, even if it's just publicly, public speaking and going to colleges and going to schools and going to networking events you know, where major women are major players. Women face so much that it's like, you know, seriously, our work is far from over. It's far from over. Exactly. And I'm just really, really happy, you know, that you are coming forward on this. Right now it's like a huge era of women's issues that are coming forward. And women are suffering, and it's time for this to stop. It's it's time for people to stop taking rape lightly. I need – I would love to see there be more laws and more – 
you know, public acknowledgement that giving someone an STD is a crime, is considered a sexual assault, a sexual violation, and that needs to be put to the forefront of the news just to give people an idea that this is nothing to be played with because it's a, it's, it's, it's a whole psychological thing that goes into it. it, it it's really it's detrimental that this needs to come out. Yeah, exactly. I could not agree with you more. Well, I'm so proud of you, Liz. You're such an inspiration. I'm so glad. This is such a this is one of my favorite interviews. I have to say, this is oh, such an, so uh, one of my favorite interviews because it's talking about things that I've helped young women. Um, you know, my I wrote an entire master's thesis, Positional Defiant Disorder and Teen Girls, and you know, I have a nonprofit for teen girls, helping girls rule the world through entrepreneurship, strong-willed girls starting their own careers doing the things that they love, turning their passions into profit and, you know, finding the guy of your dreams and, you know, even a portion of, you know, I've written many books too, but just even talking about this with girls when I was, you know, working as a as a, as a teen therapist, it was like, you know, I had these conversations and it was just, I'm just really glad that, you know, women are starting to come forward and say, hey, this happened to me. I'm not filthy. I'm not dirty. This happened to me. I'm not it. It's not me. I'm a whole human being outside of this incident, and this is how I overcame it, and this is how I beat it. And and even if I didn't beat it, I I learned to live with it, but I learned to still live the life of my dreams and not not let it take over and succumb my life. Exactly. And you're doing some wonderful work, too. So thank you for that. Oh, I, the pleasure is all mine, and, I, you know, I'm going to be um, putting this interview out there. And, again, I just, you know, is there any last-minute things that you want to share? Um, you want to share how people can get in touch with you, get your book, go to your website, read your story? Sure, yes. Um, you can find me on social media, um, Instagram and Twitter, at Liz Crokin, L-I-Z-C-R-O-K-I-N. Pretty sure there's only one Liz Crokin on Facebook, so you can message me on Facebook. My book is available on Amazon.com, Malice by Liz Broken, and BarnesandNoble.com. And I guess the final thought I would like to leave with is just, you know, I want women to know that crazy things are going to happen to you. There's going to be some horrible things that happen to you in your life, whether it's you're the victim of a sexual assault or you get cancer or, you know, you, you break a leg. I mean, there's going to be bad things that happen to you. Don't let bad things that happen to you define you as a person. What's going to define you as a person is how you deal with those obstacles that you face in life and how you turn a negative into a positive. And, you know, if I can do it, I believe anyone can do it. You're you're an overcomer. You're not even a survivor. You are an overcomer. (laughs) Seriously. Yes, I am. There's survivors and then there's overcomers. You are an overcomer. Thank you. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. Liz, I just want to thank you again for interviewing with us today. I can't wait to share this on the Huffington Post with all my readers and just share this with the world. Um, it's, a very, it's a very powerful story, and I'm just really glad that you took the time to interview with us today. And I look forward to talking to you again really soon and, and hearing about all the amazing things that you're doing. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. The pleasure is all mine, Liz, and I just pray that your journey gets easier and that you feel better as time goes on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care, Liz, and have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks, dear. Bye-bye, honey.